It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Tuesday, October 17th, with your hosts, me, Ray, and that good-looking dude, Zach. How are you doing today, handsome? I'm doing great, Pops. How are you doing? Uh, I'd be doing well. You're doing well. You are doing well. I've been doing well. Yeah. All right. I'm glad you're doing well. You know who's not doing well, Dad? Um, well, I'm somebody at Ford. <laughs> All right. So I went with Ford CEO admits they are screwed. And shame on me. It is not the CEO. It's the CEO's boss. Yeah. All right. The executive chair of Ford. So that's yes. the person that the CEO directly reports to. At a corporation, the executive chair of Ford, Mr. Bill Ford himself, Dad, came out and he talked at length about the ongoing UAW strike. And holy cow, man, did he not mince words at Ford? They are concerned about what's going on with the strike. So much so, Dad, that the lead in this gets a little bit buried. Bill Ford said... This is about the future, quote, this is about the future of American, uh, the American automobile industry. Toyota, Honda, Tesla, and others are loving this strike because they know the longer it goes on, the better it is for them. They will win and all of us will lose. Fighting words, Pops, fighting words from Ford. Well, are those fighting words or are those words of, uh, damn it, we really need to sit down and, and sort this out because if we don't, if we don't, the automobile industry in America as we know it will change dramatically. And the big three that have meant so much to the American automobile industry uh, over the, over our history uh, will perhaps evaporate. That's, that's fighting words. That's fighting words. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't. <laughs> that is, those are fighting words in the sense that the executive chair comes out and says, we will no longer exist if this this uh, acrimonious you know back and forth continues on in perpetuity because our competitors are going to beat us. That is what that is saying. Come to the table and let's make a deal because a our cars aren't selling and b we can't build any more of them because we don't have labor. Dad, Ford is. We talk about Ford being in trouble. This is their executive chair coming out and saying we're in trouble, and that could actually be the signaling of the end of the automotive powerhouse that is the Detroit Big Three. That's how I read this. Yeah, but I, I look at it and I think to myself, well, you know, uh, Toyota, Honda, Tesla, they were beating them before the strike started, okay? And and when it comes to electric vehicles, Tesla's been beating them like a drum, okay? And and Tesla has been has been forging ahead with price cuts to make sure that they're putting the screws to people like Ford and GM and Stellantis. Um, so I, I get what he's saying. And, and, and I think if, if you try to read between the lines, he's suggesting that as labor costs continue to go up, okay, mm-hmm. that it will make it so that companies like Ford and GM and Stellantis will no longer be able to compete on a global stage very well could be true. Um, but you can't just blame labor for that. Something, something somewhere needs, there needs to be blame on management 
of the company that allowed itself to get in such a position to begin with. So you, you, for, for, them to, for him to try and blame the UAW is, is, I think, disingenuous at best because he needs to look more closely at, at their management team and the management teams that they have had in place uh, over the last 40 years that he's been there. Yeah, he's been there a long time. I think that's why this news struck me so pointedly is Bill Ford's been there for 40 years. He's been a yes. part of every single UAW negotiation in the past. And also, he is the executive chair. He is truly the boss of the CEO. So all of the decisions, all the strategic decisions, you know, he's been the one signing off on them. He's got the Ford namesake, for goodness sakes. And, you're, and we talked about it yesterday on the show. I tweeted about it over on the Car Edge X account, Twitter account. Ford has a major issue. Customers refuse to purchase their $100,000 F-150 Lightnings. There is a 450-day supply of the vehicle in Virginia right now. That was a, a search I did after we got off yesterday's show because I was simply curious. We did it yeah. live on the show yesterday. I was simply curious. Like Maybe it's better in some areas and worse in others. No, this is in Virginia, a fairly affluent part of the country. There's a 450-day supply. Bill Ford has signed off on $100,000 electric pickup truck. So you've got a product issue, the product mix issue. You've got yeah. a product quality issue. We're going to talk about recalls some more today. And then you have the labor issue, the cost of labor. And dad, we have this comment that just came through on the chat from Car Questions Answered, a great friend of the channel. UAW wants pay. Ford pays UAW. Ford goes bankrupt. Government bails out Ford. Government pays UAW. Maybe not too far-fetched. Yeah. Maybe it's well, not the only one that didn't get a bailout back in 08. So we should give that. That, some that is true. You got to give them yeah. kudos. They were the only one of the big three that said, we're going to, we're going to survive this on our own. Now that's not to say that there haven't been government subsidies over the course of the last 15 years to every one of the major manufacturers. There have been. And, and the whole concept of, of the, um, infrastructure bill is to help with additional um, supplements, um, whether it be tax credits to to get customers to buy vehicles, um, whether it be tax credits for these corporations to invest more in EVs and things like that. So they're still collecting government money. Um, I, I, would, I would hope, and this is just a hope, I, I would hope that there, there shouldn't be, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, and I spent 43 years in retail automotive, there should not be a bailout for any of these companies if they fail, if they go bankrupt. And, and the reason that I don't think there should be a bailout is because if companies are mismanaged over time, if they make the wrong bets over time, those bets shouldn't be made with the thought, well, if we're wrong, the government won't let us fail. No, if you're wrong and you fail, you failed. And it is not my job as an American taxpayer to cover your ass because of your mismanagement. 
I hear you. Do you think Ford's actually, I know we read Brandon's comments, so he's the one that suggested it, but do you think Ford's actually at risk of running down a path where they run out of money? Do you think that's a potential option on the table right now? I mean, it's always an option, but like we just saw Rite Aid, for example, go bankrupt. Yes. What was it earlier this week? Been around, yeah. it was right after their 61st anniversary. So just because you've been doing something in a certain way for decades doesn't mean you're safe for the following decades. Do you think Ford's actually skating on thin ice right now, Deb? I think every one of the legacy manufacturers is skating on thin ice right now. And the reason I think that is either the EV revolution caught them all flat-footed, okay, because they just didn't want to participate at the level that someone like Tesla wanted to 15 years ago. You know, because the writing, apparently, the writing was on the wall then. It's just taken time. and. And so, um, yeah, I think I, I think all of them are are will be in trouble because none of them at, at this point have figured out how to produce an EV that they can make money on when they when they wholesale it to their dealer bodies. Um, and until that happens, and and it appears as if the costs to continue to make these things continues to go up. Uh, the cost of lithium is, is not going down. The cost of many of the rare earth materials that they use are not going down. Do you think customers even want EVs or they just want affordable new car options? And we've talked about it. I think we both agree. Customers just want affordable new car options. And so it's shame on these companies because they have the, the capacity to make affordable new car options. They've simply chosen not to. I don't even think you have to go to the powertrain level to make this case. Customers just want affordable options. You know, I I had a a really interesting conversation with with Jared Kalfas yesterday. Jared going to be on your upcoming show. Yeah, Jared, who is the president of BlackBook, and one of the questions I posed to him was, you know, according to a survey of the American public. 83% say they can't even consider buying a new car. And I said, and that only leaves 17% who can. I, I said, you know, how come none of the manufacturers are building entry-level cars? And he said, it's real simple, right? The demand for the cars they're building is still there, okay? And, and until that changes, what they're building is not going to change. So even though 83% of the American population feels like they can't buy a car, that 17% who can represents a large enough percentage of the population that these manufacturers will just keep building non-affordable vehicles for the masses. And in, until that demand changes, there's no need for the manufacturers to change, whether it be ICE or EV. Yeah. Um, and, and let's face it, Tesla has gotten to the point where a model three is less expensive today than the average transaction price of all vehicles in this country. The average transaction price is just under $48,000 and a model three is 38 and change. So already we're getting to the tipping point where, yeah. where, an affordable EV in comparison to everything else is out there. So 
do people do people want EVs or do they want something affordable? I think they want something that's affordable. And if it happens to be an EV, then it'll be an EV. It, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. This goes back to just to be very clear. This goes back to the start of the show, which is Bill Ford, the executive chair at Ford Corporation, Ford Motor Corporation, 40 years there, four decades of service, flat out saying that the current strike, and I heard it as not just strike, the current uh, environment for Ford means that their competitors are going to win. And he he waved the flag. He said this could be the end of the American big three. That is what Bill Ford said. And he didn't really mince words. He said it pretty clearly. The argument that we've been having here to build a case for why he's right feels really compelling to me, dad. Feels really compelling to me. The counter, I'm sure there's a devil's advocate, a counter argument. We don't have that voice on the show today because you and I both think clearly and and aligned on this. Ford, Stellantis, General Motors less because they've actually, I think, got slightly better inventory situation, but they're they're still impacted. They're all in a position of weakness in a market that is changing dramatically right in front of them. And and That's changing, not a good position to be in. And changing swiftly. And very fast. And, yeah. And if if I may, um, you know, we talk of the uh, about the American big three. And Stellantis is really a French company. Um, okay. Uh, but they do own as part of their umbrella Chrysler, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, um, yeah. which were part of the big three in this country. Now, I will say this. Um, You can look at CEO pay at every one of the major automobile manufacturers in the world, and the three highest by a lot are Carlos Tavares at Stellantis. He's number one. Uh, Mary Barra at GM and Jim Farley, who's paid the least of the big three at $21 million. Okay. And then once you start getting to all those other major brands, the CEO income is like in the five, six, seven million dollar range. Now, part of the blame has to be that why is it that the CEOs of these legacy brands, why are they worth five, six, seven, eight times more money than, than the CEOs of other brands that, well, aren't struggling quite as much? Why, why is that? And, and maybe, maybe perhaps it's because we're rewarding them for the wrong things. Okay, we're rewarding them for stock um, performance. Well, maybe that's not the right measuring stick, especially, especially if take Bill Ford at his at his word, especially if this could be the end of the American automobile business as we know it. I, Let's know, switch gears, Pops. We're going to put the train back on the tracks because our show. I was off the. I was off the rails again. Or we could just go down the path of how we think CEOs should be compensated. That could be it's a whole nother show. I hear you loud and clear. You make a really great point with regards to the big three relative to their peers in terms of CEO compensation. Yes. That being said, that being said, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk a little bit Toyota news, also a little bit of Tesla news, as well as we'll touch briefly on used car prices. We got new data from Cox Automotive. 
and from Black Book. Before yeah. all of that, two things. You mentioned you did an interview with Jared Kalfas, the yeah. president over at Black Book. Again, want to remind everyone, Auto Insiders with Ray Shevska, my dad, that podcast and Monday on YouTube uh, show will be coming out in about two weeks, October 30th, the end of the month. is uh, The first episode will be coming out then, so stay tuned. It'll be here on YouTube. It'll also be a podcast. Incredible. I'm so excited to listen. I am so happy that you have your own show. Again, Auto Insiders. Jared is a guest. We have many others lined up. The other thing that I wanted to mention, Pops, three three things. Sorry, two more, and then the other topics. We are still hiring. So caredge.com slash careers. If you're interested in joining our team, caredge.com slash careers. And no yeah. shame in my game. We've been talking about Ford and if they'll make it or not. In the meantime, we have a Ford dealer that we work with that we are now able to do these uh, uh, pre-negotiated and negotiated deals. If you are in the market to buy a Ford, please go to caredge.com slash buy slash Ford, or just give us a call. Go to caredge.com and give us a call. We can help you out. Even if you're nationwide, there's free shipping to get the thing delivered to your door. You don't have to talk to a salesperson, none of that crapola. So if you're in the market to buy a Ford and you want to pay a fair price, get it delivered to your door. No salespeople, no negotiations, none of the haggle, none of the crap. Again, feel two mouthed, you know, two sided right now. We're talking about Ford and then we're talking about Ford in this light. But there's people out there that no matter what want to buy them, and we're here to make the process better. Those are my throws. How'd I do? Oh my God. You know, and and not only did you do well, but apparently you've gotten us back on the tracks. So well, I took us off the tracks to get us back on the tracks. Let's talk about Toyota. Yes. Pops, we had some scary news. This morning, come out from Toyota. Toyota idles 11 production lines in Japan after an explosion at a coil supplier. Toyota said operations at 11 manufacturing lines across seven facilities in Japan will be halted through Wednesday. Yeesh, that's not good. Is that next Wednesday or through today? Um, Through through tomorrow, unfortunately, but still oh, yeah, for Toyota, tomorrow. this well-oiled machine to be offline at at you know 11 manufacturing lines for. About, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. That's a big deal when they are the shortest supply, you know, vehicles in the country or in the world. Yeah, that that is a huge deal. And it points out that even as as well as you might plan for on-time production and just in time production as they do, um, you know, stuff happens. Accidents happen, explosions occur. Um, and you know, I, I am sure when they're putting together all their plans for the year, they don't factor in an explosion at one of their at one of their part suppliers. And if I were to guess, my suspicion would be that that um, Toyota is probably a a major owner. Uh, investor in the, yeah. because they they invest heavily in their part suppliers. They're you know they whether they be minority owners or or majority owners in a lot of the so but stuff happens. I mean when we lived in Mesa Arizona, and hmm. and we lived up up the street from the TRW plant where they where they manufactured airbags. Uh, there were explosions and accidents all the time. Um, it happens. It happens, and so yeah. You, Pops, you, this is the second. This is the second time this has happened. Even recently, in February 2022, Toyota had to shut down all 14 of its domestic plants after one of its suppliers was subjected to a ransomware attack. That actually took about five percent of their monthly output 
wow. offline when that happens. So, I mean, these things can and, and will happen. Again, what makes it especially interesting, number one global brand, Toyota, yeah. and uh, number one or number two in lowest inventory levels here in the United States, it's either Toyota or Honda right now. Yeah. So when this stuff happens to them, it's magnified because they're the biggest and they're also in the shortest supply. You take 5% out, we needed that. We needed five more percent. Yeah. If anything, these are unfortunate headlines and they, they sadly will impact markups. They will impact dealer add-ons. They will impact if your, your allocated vehicle arrives on time. It's pretty sad to see. It, 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 will, it will give further justification to Toyota dealers who want to uh, add additional dealer markup to their products because they can say, hey, they had to shut down their production facilities for two or three days. We lost a significant amount of vehicles that were supposed to be coming our way. Da, 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 da. You know, the, the dealers will look at it and figure out how they can turn it into a into a net positive for them, more income. Um, and the manufacturer is looking at it like, damn, we don't need this right now. You know, we're trying to get caught up. So, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's, it's a sad, sad situation. All right. I want to turn our attention to another automaker that has a T in their name, Tesla. Tesla Q3 earnings to reflect lower sales. So we were talking about how Tesla is eating Ford's lunch. Yes. And then you see this, Dad. And also, next week is earnings for GM and Ford, so we expect to get a lot of interesting information there. But lower sales falling margins. Tesla remains the dominant EV player in the United States, but sales of three of its four models fell in the third quarter despite price cuts, says Cox Automotive. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll say how I'm feeling. I'm surprised. I'm surprised to read a headline like this. It's counterbalanced by the reality that they have been cutting prices constantly, I think, to just try and make sure the numbers look good. Are you surprised by this? Um, well, I had I had been reading that their sales were going to be down for the quarter. And, and um, you know, part of it was due to uh, changing over production lines at some of their facilities and this, that, and the other thing. Um you know, even though they're down for the quarter, they're they're still having a hell of a year. Now, are they going to be able to make their goal of of producing and selling 1.8 million vehicles this year? Perhaps not. Are they are they if they fall short of that goal, are they going to fall short by three, four hundred thousand units? No. If if they fall short, maybe it'll be by fifty, sixty thousand units. Um, yes, their profit margins are down because. Nobody has done dynamic pricing like they've done in order to uh, keep moving the metal. Um, and as it's stated in the article, that that that's a drug that you, as a manufacturer, you can get addicted to, um, to where you know you just start you, you just start chasing numbers at uh, and and profit falls by the wayside as you're doing that because you want to be able to say we sold X. Um, you know, but if we would have sold Y at at higher profit margins, we actually would have ended up making more money selling fewer cars. You gotta wonder, are they trying to make money though, or are they just trying to like beat everyone up while they're down to gain market share? Well, you know, here's the thing. Their profit margin dropped to 17.5% from I think it was at 18.1% the previous quarter and 19 point something the quarter before that um their their profit margin per vehicles produced is so much higher than the legacy manufacturers um you know ford hopes 
that by 2026, I think, that, that, that they're hoping the EV division will produce an 8% profit margin. Right now, it costs them $33,000 for everyone that they produce and then wholesale to their dealer body. Um, so, my God, you know, they're, they're, Tesla is still working at more than twice what Ford would hope the profit margin would be two years from now. So is it surprising they were in a position to be able to do this and they want to, and they want to protect their market share? I mean, Tesla knows how many EVs are, are uh, coming down the pike. They're, they're, they see what everybody's trying to do. Um, it's surprising that some of the models, you know, the, the sales are down. But one of the other reasons sales were down is, well, guess what hasn't come out that they've been promising was going to come out for, I don't know, 84 years now. Uh, okay, that part's an exaggeration. But the Cybertruck, you know, yeah. still hasn't come out. And and there's talk that it still might not come out this year. Um, for sure. So, and then, and then the thought is that once it does come out, uh, that you know, sales are going to spike. Well, you know, you know, I'm sorry. I know I'm part of a minority, and people think I bash Tesla, but my God, there can't be more than a handful of people in this country who actually think that Cybertruck is a good-looking vehicle. Can't what do you make? Of, and if there are more of? than a handful, those people need to get their eyes examined. What do you make of? We saw Ford had. 2 million, whatever it was, reservations for their F-150 Lightning. And then yesterday we covered the fact that they actually <laughs> shut down one of their manufacturing plants because they are struggling well, they, to sell they, them. They, At least they, the UAW they cut a says. shift out of that plant. Yeah, yeah, because, because the UAW says they're not selling. Maybe a bit of a precursor to this idea of hype machine. Hey, we've got millions of orders. That doesn't necessarily translate into sold vehicles. You know, I, I mean, God bless justice. He's got he's got a reservation for a Cybertruck. He doesn't he doesn't know if he'll be able to buy it because he has no idea what it's going to cost. And and his suspicion at this point is it's going to cost way more than what he can afford, so that he's not going to follow through on his reservation. Um, yeah, I, all these companies build hype, and 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 then very rarely does the reality matched the hype. Um, you know, you, you don't say that you have 200,000 lightning orders, and then when you've produced like 50,000, suddenly you can start cutting out shifts because, well, the other 150,000 orders that you might have, those people don't want them. Um, so, I, I yeah, I mean, I understand there's a lot of people out there that have placed an order for a Cybertruck. You know, but but maybe once they take off their rose-colored glasses and actually take a real strong look at that vehicle, if they don't vomit, then perhaps they'll they'll go, yeah, I want it. Um, you know, but if they if they have this visceral reaction to actually looking at it, uh, you know, more than likely they're going to go, well, oh, that was a nice pipe dream. Let's talk a little bit about the hype machine again. Auto Insiders coming out in two weeks. We will hype that up, and that will be a damn good show. Let's come here, Dad, to the chat from Emilio. Thank you. Thank you for the contribution. Can you make a video on F250s and 2500s on availability and price? Emilio, we will likely be able to make some sort of content around uh, full-size pickup trucks and their availability and their price. I'm actually going to put up on the screen. This is for Emilio. 
Yes. Emilio, call us, man. We can help you out again because we have a Ford dealer in our dealer network. We can help you out. We can give you a sense of what's fair and what's not for the phone number is there for you on the screen. And again, to those of you that are interested on Ford products, we have a dealer that we are now partnered with. They're in our network. We are, again, you don't have to worry about negotiating, haggling, anything like that. So for a Ford product for the F-250, we can see what we can do, Emilio, to help you out. It's great that we finally are crossing this chasm and finding folks that we can you know, convince, hey, let us let us be a part of this process. That being said, Pops, let's move to our favorite segment. Oh, wait, show. before you move to that segment, I just have to show this comment. Um, at least one person found very attractive. <laughs> Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. You know, but if if I may, there were actually two people that found me attractive, and 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 that were both foolish enough to marry me. But that's besides the point. You know, yes, um, some people are going to, and I swear it shouldn't be more than a handful of people that are going to find that that cyber truck attractive. Um, so with that, really, you got to be kidding me. Two topics for today, Pops. We talk from time to time about autonomous vehicles on this channel. And this is a sad, really. you got to be kidding me, to be honest. GM's Cruise, which has been expanding their operations, faces NHTSA probe into pedestrian risks following incidents. The agency said it received two reports from Cruise of incidents in which pedestrians were injured and has identified two further incidents via videos posted to public websites. This ties back to something Ford actually had come out and said last year with regards to quality control. Look, guys, this is I'm paraphrasing. Look, guys, we're going to rely on Twitter posts to make us aware of quality control issues. That was a yeah. legitimate, again, paraphrase, but a legitimate statement from Ford talking yeah. about improving quality control. Here's another example. We as pedestrians are human beta testers for autonomous cars. I know this gets you frustrated and upset. We'll keep it relatively short. But this is sad, man. This is definitely a really got to be kidding me. This, this, is, this is a situation where the human mind fools itself. Um, and that is that we think that we can teach um, AI to, to work on our behalf. You know, I'd, I'd rather that a robo-taxi hits a pedestrian because the driver, the driver, the human driver, behind the wheel made a mistake as opposed to uh, AI and software making the mistake. At least at that point, you can hold somebody responsible. Responsible, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, it's just, it, it scares me when, when we see so much money being poured into this type of technology um, to, for, for, human beings to abdicate um, their their responsibilities about driving a vehicle. It, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. It never has. And, and maybe because I'm 72 years old and I'm a boomer, uh, it never will. Uh, it, it, you know, but then again, I, you know, I, I never thought there was going to be a thing called the Internet or that I would have a smartphone. Um, so, you know. But I've, I've I've accepted most things in life. I will not okay. accept robo taxis. I'm sorry. 
Second thing that we need to cover with regards to really, you've got to be kidding me. One of our community members, Pops, has an ordered vehicle yeah. with Ford, and we're just going to run. No, not with Ford, with with Dodge. It's a Dodge. With Dodge. Yeah, it's a van that he ordered. It's a van. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes. I want to just run through the timeline here. Yes. Order placed on June sixteenth. Order yes. scheduled for production on August eighth. Order in production on September twenty third. Vehicle built by October second. We are now looking at a delivery. In February of 2024, February 24th of 2024, to be exact. Yes. You, help me understand here. I'll move it on the screen so we can all see it. Help me understand here. Why does it take so long to get this vehicle delivered? Um, well, you know, I, 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 one of the questions I asked Alex is, do we know what country it was built in? He says, yeah, it was built in Mexico. Okay. So um, I, I don't know why it takes so long to get from Mexico to Alaska. Um, but that vehicle is basically going to sit for five months, five months. That's re that is, that is absolutely ridiculous for yeah. a vehicle to sit for five months from the time it was built to the time that it's delivered to a dealership so that the customer can come in and buy the vehicle that he ordered. Um, now I don't know how they normally ship cars from Mexico to the Western United States, or in this case, Alaska. Um, you know, I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps they put them on a boat. Okay, because it was it was it was manufactured in Saltillo, uh, Mexico. Uh, I may I don't know. Close, maybe it's close to a port. Maybe it's close to a body of water. I don't know. So so maybe. They're waiting for enough vehicles to be produced so that they can fill the boat and then and then take it by boat to, I don't know, Seattle or somewhere and then disperse the cars. I don't know, but it just seems like it shouldn't take five flipping months to do that. OK, it's just and it's a 2023. OK, <laughs> so that so that. He he actually won't be able to take delivery until close to the third month of 2024. It, it, there, there's, hey, you know that's you know, wild. It, it, I, I I mean, even if you put it on a train, <laughs> yeah, it could even even if you just said, hey, let's hire a group of people to push the son of a gun to, to a list. It shouldn't take five months. It just shouldn't. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, because again, it's built, it's done, and now five months. And 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 let's face it, Stellantis isn't getting paid for it until they invoice the dealer, and they're not going to invoice the dealer uh, until it's about a week out from arriving at the dealership. So here's here's a vehicle where they gathered up all the parts, they put the damn thing together, okay. They've paid for all those parts to put it together, and now they have to wait five months to 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 get paid for having put it together. And something wrong there somewhere, dude. Something wrong there somewhere is for sure. No one wins in that situation, and it actually kind of goes back to we talked about it yesterday on the show. There's a shortage of repo agencies and repo okay. drivers. We're going to try and get a repo agency owner on the Auto Insiders podcast 
with my dad, so you can talk about that. There's also been, we know this, a reported delivery uh, shortage, a driver's shortage. Yeah, I truck, think from truck Mexico, shortage. they're not driving the thing all the way to Alaska, but still, like that has been a, like GM even came out earlier this year and said they would pay dealers $1,000 per vehicle to come pick them up themselves yeah. rather than using a third-party distribution company. So there are supply chain issues in the sense of that part of the supply chain or that part of the logistics problem that are actually meaningful. This is what that says to me. I know when when I was with Audi, and I, I think it was the Q5 or the Q3, I don't know, well, that they were built in Mexico. And it took, it was a three-month turnaround time from the time you ordered it to the time that it would make it to the dealer. Now, contrast that to when I was with BMW and Mini. And you could come in and you could order a mini that w- and, and the mini was either built in Austria or in England okay and the turnaround time from when you placed the order to when the vehicle arrived at the dealership was 6 to 8 weeks okay and those cars weren't being built on the same damn continent as as the vehicles that are being built in Mexico. So I don't understand why it I mean literally you know we would we would see a car built we were told that it was sent to to port to wait to get placed on a boat and then shipped across the Atlantic. Um you know now yeah the port that it came to was Baltimore, which was certainly close. I mean, you know, our dealership was in North Baltimore. So, okay, the, the time from when it hit the port to, was minimal, but still. And, and, and the destination charge on that, on that Dodge van, $1,995. For $1,995, it shouldn't take five months to get there. They're overpaying. <laughs> All right, we've got one final, really, you got to be kidding me. I do just want to provide a slight, um, we're going to do like a a 60 second before we do it. It's slight adult content. It's nothing inappropriate. There's nothing visually inappropriate and it's innuendo, if anything, but I'm going to give 60 seconds before we turn our attention there. So for those of you that want to stick around for that, you have to sit through one more time. Go back to caredge.com. That is all of the various resources, tools, things that we have to help you out. If you're uh, buying a car, let us help you on that process. If you're selling a car, use our cell network to sell your vehicle. If you're looking to protect your vehicle with an extended warranty, we even have one of those with transparent markup, free quoting on the website. Just call us if you need help. The phone number's on the website as well. We are truly here, three coming in on four years of working on CarEdge. So proud of what we've done. So please, 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 and not to mention the fact that we have the new podcast launching soon. So all sorts of good initiatives here at Car Edge. All right, that should give time for any of the kids that are in the room to get out if the parents should choose. Pops, your favorite headline from last week. Yeah. How, How OEMs yeah, go can ahead. help customers achieve lubrication excellence. Yeah. Did you download this white paper and what did you learn? I Well, I did not download the white paper, but I did reach into my glove box and I did find a tube of KY jelly there. So yeah. there, there, there you have it. That is how OEMs can help customers achieve lubrication excellence. Um, <laughs> and why anybody would ever make that a headline is way beyond me. And when did that become an OEM's problem? 
My favorite part about this is this is sponsored content. So, so you know, Shell Lubricant Solutions, someone in the marketing department yeah. at Shell Lubricant Solutions spent, you got to imagine, they, they had meetings. They came up with options. They went to the meetings and presented the options. They said, you know, this headline, and they landed on, and then the editor at Auto News approved yes. the headline, how OEMs can help customers. It's not I, how OEMs can achieve lubrication excellence. It's how OEMs can help customers. Because God knows customers need help with that. Um, and, it, and it seems to me, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but it seems to me that the same people that worked on that were the same people that approved the, the original ZDX at Acura. Okay. Um, these are these are questions. These are answers to questions that have never been asked, never should have been asked, never will be asked. Um, yeah, that's, that's you know. And I, I spent forty three years in retail automotive, and not once did I have a customer say to me, "Hey, can you help me achieve lubrication excellence?" Um, did you want that before the sale or after? Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, folks. 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Thank you for everyone. Every time you tune in, we really appreciate it. We have so much fun doing this, and it's awesome to be able to share the time with each of you. Pops, enjoy your Tuesday. I love your blue on blue outfit. Thank I can't you. wait to see what tomorrow brings. Um, me too. Uh, hopefully, it'll be another uh, nice outfit. We, we shall find out. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. We look forward to seeing you all back here again tomorrow. And uh, Handsome, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Pops. Yeah. See ya. Thank you, everybody.